0: Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills all the time. And now Matt Bovee and Sal Capaccio are going
1: really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in
0: Buffalo. Okay, another edition of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Sal Capaccio here, Matt Bovee there. We're kind of in the same spot if you're watching here or if you're listening, but we're actually... I don't know. What about 25, 30 miles away from each other usually when we do no, this No. No, no. Cuz Grand Hept Island Grand Island and Buffalo aren't that far away. Yeah,
1: that's 10, true. 15 miles maybe? Maybe?
0: That's right. I always say everything in Buffalo is at like 20 minutes away. Yes. So that that's that's my thinking, but you're right. It's not 25 or 30 miles. I mean, it's really just about and it on how fast you go, but you're right. It's only wait, wait, 10, 15 miles at the most, right? I
1: bet from my house to your oh, house would be 15 minutes. That's my guess. Like it's six, seven miles. Maybe something it's, like it's, that. All through, it's all through. It's all, but it's all through way. Like I can get from, if I do the 11 o'clock news in downtown yep. Buffalo. So channel seven is right behind city hall. I can okay. get from channel seven to my house in about 17 minutes. So okay. it's not like it's that far. And as somebody who grew up in Wheatfield
0: and did the yep. commute from Wheatfield to Buffalo, 17 minutes feels like a walk in the park. All right. Well, I don't know your exact address. I just put in from my house to Grand Island. Eighteen minutes, nine point seven miles. So that'll take that'll take you right to the middle of the island, basically. If you just okay. type in Grand Island,
1: that All basically right. just gets you to the middle. I'm actually a little bit farther north. I'm closer to Niagara Falls than I am to Buffalo. But either way, it's probably only adds like another minute or so. How
0: how does it work with with the toll for you? Because you live there. I, I've never. I, I think I've heard this before. This Maybe is I awesome. for people who don't know. How does it work?
1: So I actually, this is, there's a resident pass and okay. there's a commuter pass and they both are a very, very big discount compared to what it would be for anybody else who's driving over. So I think if you have easy pass driving over Grand Island costs you like 95 cents. If you're a commuter. So if you're somebody who needs to go over Grand Island to like get to work or to get to like a daycare or something like that, I believe it's 25 cents. And for residents, I think it's like five cents or six cents or something like that. So my account just reloads every like 30, 40 bucks, but that only happens every five, six, seven months of the year. Like it doesn't take very long or it does. It takes a long
0: time to kind of get to that. Even if I go over the bridge five, six, seven times a day. Did they have to jack up the prices for people to go watch John Krasinski and uh, A Quiet Place 2, and they filmed it on the bridge? That was pretty cool, actually. When it
1: was it. very cool. It was cool to, like, see the bridges in the movie and be uh-huh. like, oh, like, I go over those every single day to go know, home. Right? Grand Island is a little bit – I am not a native Islander, so anybody who is listening to this, people from Grand Island are very prideful about Grand Island. And I, I equated a little bit to, like – Wakanda if you've seen any of the Marvel movies like there's like a bubble around Grand Island and you've got to like penetrate yourself into it and once you're in you're in but if you're on the outside then like you know life itself is completely different somebody always tells me where every Grand Island where every day is a vacation that's the line (laughs) you
0: ever ever did you watch Game of Thrones I have not watched Game of Thrones. Uh, well, okay, if you're a Game of Thrones watcher, I do. It reminds me of like the wall, like you can't go beyond the wall, or the, like, there's different things that happen. You don't know what's going on over there, and you kind of don't want to know, maybe.
1: And you know what's funny so many people have told me like, "Oh, if you don't go to the Grand Island schools, you're not a true Islander." Well, I didn't go to the Grand Island schools, mm. which makes me not a true Islander. I guess I'm fine with that. Like that's okay. The people here are great. My neighbors, the people in my community, are really, really cool. And I've actually really liked it. I did not know how I would like it. I ended up on right. Grand Island because my wife is from Grand Island. But I'm from Wheatfield. So a very different, you know, place to grow up and everything. But yeah, no, it's been great. And I like how close it is to everything. You kinda well, have to you kinda have to sacrifice being super close to anything, but you're pretty close to everything. I can get to the falls, I can get to Amherst, I can get to downtown, everything in 15
0: minutes. Like I said, I think that's kind of the the thing in all of Western New York, really. No matter where you are, you're really not that far from anything. I grew up in Cheektowaga. I reside in the city of Buffalo right now. I've been out to Rochester, Oak Hill, uh, for the PGA practice rounds. You have too. I want to get into that a little bit later. Let's dive into football and some other things first here on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove. I thought it was interesting. You had a really interesting question on Twitter that mm-hmm. has gained a lot of traction and a lot of debate and a little polarizing, I think. And I think the thing that The reason I wanted to bring it up here is I think some people misunderstood it. So I want you to explain it about your Mount Rushmore.
1: Okay. The question was who are the most recognizable bills fans? It was not who are the best bills fans or who are the most important bills fans or anything like that. This all stemmed from William Fickner. Okay. The Mm -hmm. famous actor. He's in town. He's got a movie coming out this weekend. One of the photographers at our station was like, Oh, he is one of the most famous Bills fans, which is accurate. He is. He is a celebrity, and he is a Bills fan. So he checks both of those criteria. My question to him, to the photographer, was, yeah, but I don't think he would be on the Mount Rushmore of, like, the immediate most recognizable Bills fans. Mm-hmm. Just because William Fickner here in Buffalo is, of course, a, and really around, the. if you're somebody who's into movies and film and all that stuff, he is a very recognizable and accomplished person. But I don't think the casual person, like the casual person in anywhere else in the country, immediately knows who William Fickner is. I just don't, I just don't right. think that's the case. So my I also audience, don't think even if you saw him in a movie, you knew who he was. You won't I know don't his name. know if
0: you would know he's a Bills fan.
1: Well, no, no. You would know William Fickner, I feel like, is one of those people who you see and you go, I know who that is, and you can think of movies that he has been in, but you don't immediately go, okay, that's William Fickner. He's a huge Bills fan from Buffalo. I think you go, that's the guy from The Dark Knight and from all these great movies that have been out there, and he seems like he's in everything. So that was the – this Twitter question was just to try and get a gauge of if I was off base there, but it turned into something completely different. It turned into people arguing about – you know why you can't rank fans. And like, that was never the intention. The intention was never, you can't tell somebody that they're a better fan than another person or that they're not as big of a fan as another person. That's ridiculous. Everybody, it's so subjective. My question was just, if you're taking the most recognizable people who associate themselves with the Bills as Bills fans, who would be the first four that you think of? And it's funny because the Twitter question was very hyper-local. But when the conversation was happening at work, it was more people like William Fickner and Wolf Blitzer and Chris Berman and Ariel Hawani and Summer Sanders. Right. All of those people, not all of the very notable members of Bill's Mafia who have been notable because they're here in
0: Buffalo. And it all kind of stemmed a little bit from the Rory McIlroy comment, which is, you know, he's Mm -hmm. rooting for the Bills because he married a Rochester girl and he's here in Rochester. And, you know, he it's it's easy to root for the Bills when Josh Allen's throwing the ball. Right. Mm -hmm. And I I thought about it, but it is a completely nuanced question, by the way. Right. I mean, surprise, surprise, a question on Twitter gets completely twisted and thrown Uh, around and start debated and people get mad at each other. Right. Yeah. Very nuanced question. I would say. First of all, William Fickner, Maryvale High School. Now, they were a rival of ours in Cheektawaga. I went to yeah. Cleveland Hill. All right, but he's a Maryvale guy, but shout out to Cheektawaga there. Um, yeah, you wouldn't know necessarily he's a Bills fan unless you kind of looked into it or you found mm-hmm. out some way. St. Ariel Helwani has been out there more as a Bills fan the last yeah. few years. So that's that's right. Um there are, there are, how about Ryan Nobles was on CNN. Now he's NBC political correspondent. I had him on a podcast a couple of years ago. He's a big bills fan, like people like that, but you wouldn't know necessarily. I look at it as when you say most recognizable, mm-hmm. I don't think that has to be most famous. I think there's two different things there. Right? So yeah, like I see the chefs on ads. I see them. You walk in the stadium. they the, the, their, their faces are there. They're in different documentaries about the bills. Pinto Ron. Yeah, Those are recognizable. If you went somewhere in, I don't know, Kansas City and asked them about recognizable Bills fans, they're going to go, oh, that dude that does the stuff from the bowling ball. That's Vince O'Ran. Oh, the, the chefs. To me, that's recognizable.
1: Yeah, recognizable, I think, if you're strictly associating it with the Bills are those people that you've mentioned. And then like Pancho Bila and Del Reed and the list goes on and on. But if you're talking about recognizable to just like somebody who isn't a football fan, and might know that that person they're talking about associates with the bills, then that's when the conversation was like, Oh, Chris Berman always talks about. The so bills. I think
0: that maybe the, the wording for that would have to be something like who are the most recognizable people who happen to be bills fans.
1: Yeah. Or like who are the most recognizable celebrities who are bills fans, sure. which is probably what I should have said to lead into this. And I don't think there's really any backlash at that point. The backlash isn't like that significant. It's just I like, know. it kind of took on, A life of its own. I am not somebody who deletes things because I think you've like got to own up stuff. But (laughs) oh, I wish I could have deleted that tweet twenty minutes into it because I've got people quoting it and saying like, "Let's not do this. This is ridiculous. You can't rank somebody as a fan." And I'm just like, I I don't. I never asked you to rank somebody as a fan. I just said, "Who is the most recognizable?"
0: Don't you? Are you a Twitter Blue subscriber? Do you have a blue check mark?
1: Yeah, but I don't like editing tweets either. Why? That's then the you whole can... purpose
0: of editing tweets.
1: But then you can see that it was edited.
0: Yeah, but that's the whole point and purpose is it didn't come out the way you wanted. Like that. People make fun of people who are paying for the blue check mark. Look, also, I am not I a do Twitter. It for this reason I also, do it for I... this reason
1: I am not a Twitter Blue subscriber. Okay. I want to I want to clarify that I am still verified because I am an affiliate of WKBW, basically Channel Seven gets to have a couple extra people as like, they're like, yeah, these people work for us. They're legit. And I was one of the people that was selected. So that is why I still have the, yeah, that is why. I don't
0: even know if we've done that because I have not been verified from WGR and I'm like, wait, I got 163,000 Twitter followers. I need to be verified here by my company. I don't think, um, I don't think we've done that, That that's why, but good for you that they're doing that. I know they do that. I This whole Twitter blue thing, to take it a different conversation. People are making fun of people for, you know, uh, paying for the blue check mark and paying mm-hmm. to be known or verified. I do it because A, for two reasons, actually. Number one, for that reason, I can edit something like within five, six minutes, within a half hour, I'm like, wait a minute, that didn't come out right, or I, I messed up. I didn't like the way that looked. I wanna edit it properly. The other reason is honestly, it helps I can tweet longer and sometimes tweets instead of a thread, I could just put a longer tweet to Mm -hmm. put out a thought out there. Like those are reasons why I do it. I don't, I've been paying, I mean, I've been a blue check Mark and I paid for Twitter blue before they, um, before they did, okay, you got to pay for the blue part for the, the check part, but I was already subscriber. And I'm like, there's a lot of things in my life I pay for subscribe for that people would see. Why would you do that? This is just one of them, I guess. I
1: I don't even think that that's a question. As somebody who has the following that you have, why you wouldn't make sure for eight dollars a month or something that you were reaching as many people as possible and you had all of the bells and whistles that are available to you? That's just like a business decision at that point. That's not even like a ego thing or like a oh, I need the check mark. It's like, you know you reach a lot of people and you have a job to do. And this lets you do your job, right. at least in your mind, better than you would be able to without it. So for $8 a month, you know, people spend a lot of the $8 a month. It, I think that, is
0: that what it is? $8 a month? Pretty sure. I don't know where I'm drawing the line though, Matt. Like, was it 8.50, <laughs> Where am I drawing the line? I have not decided that yet. I was going to say, once you get to 10, once you get past 10, then
1: you need to have the conversation of figuring out exactly. I always think of something like that is, like how many coffees is that? I'm not somebody who goes to the expensive coffee shops. I'm a pretty simple guy, but my goodness, you get a coffee out there at like I don't know what we're allowed to say here, so I'm not going to name any specific coffee shops, but uh if you go to one of them that is based in Seattle, like the prices are very expensive. So that's a coffee or two less a month, and I think I take that trade-off.
0: Speaking of coffee, you uh, we 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 Somebody reached out to you.
1: What a what a what a segue!
0: I know. Look right? at you! You are such a pro. Well uh, done, you. Sal Capaccio. Speaking of coffee, check this out. If you're on the video yeah. stream, by the way, at Sal Sports on YouTube, you can watch all these videos. You might be just listening to this. Matt will describe what he's got.
1: Yeah. Shout out Ken Cardi from the Vancouver Bills Backers Bar. So he posted this. I don't know, a couple weeks ago. And the logo is incredible of yeah. their of their Bill's Backers Bar. So I I just messaged, I didn't message him. I just responded to him. And I was like, that logo is amazing. And he was like, oh, I'll, I'll send you and sell one. And I didn't actually know if he was going to do it, but he did. So, Ken, thank you so much. Thanks for listening. And thanks for the really cool Bill's Backers Bar mug, which is cool. So now we're going to have to scoop up one in London as well, Sal. When we're there, Ooh. we're going to have to get a London Bill's Backers one. And maybe I'll just start putting them on the bookshelf behind me, and I'll see how many I can collect.
0: All right. Let, let, let's we're going to move on to a little deeper dive into some football stuff, but I want to ask you about your background. Now you have a bookshelf finally behind you. You were talking about trying to do something. This is this like, yeah. did you just happen to be in this room at your house? Or did you like, you know what? I'm going to do this thing here for the
1: show. I, I rearranged the basement a little bit and okay. I bought two bookshelves and then I put them up and then I just took a bunch of random stuff that I had and put them on the bookshelves, which is so like 2020 February, 2020, April of when the pandemic started, I just, I did it three months later or three years later. Excuse me.
0: Well, it looks really good. I'm glad that you've joined the bookshelf club of podcasters and videocasters here on it's always game day in Buffalo. We're going to talk about the bills here in the context of the AFC, because I want to take a look around on this podcast and what we feel about the conference. Hey, it's Sal Capaccio from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. It's not just a podcast, it's the 25th hour of your day. Your weekly source for all things Buffalo Bills. Right on time, your time. In the car? Navigate the streets with NFL wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow It's Always Game Day in Buffalo in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Matt, I have seen the New York Jets as high as the sixth best odds to win the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. That feels really high. I don't know. Am I just not giving them enough credit? Or no, no, no. This is where they belong. I think it's a little bit of both. I think maybe
1: we are not giving them enough credit because they have an awesome defense. They have some really talented pieces, and they have Aaron Rodgers. But at the same time, I don't know if I'm ready to put them. I think you could argue that there are five teams better than them in just the AFC, let alone in the entire NFL. I think the Jets are going to be a playoff team. I think they're going to be a wild card team, though. So I don't think it would be fair to say that they've got the sixth best odds to win the Super Bowl because I just don't feel that way. But I think they might have the 10th best odds to win the super bowl. And at that point, really what's the difference between the sixth best odds or the 10th best odds. It's just kind of all preference at that point. So I don't think it's completely ridiculous, but I think it's a little bit too high for my liking.
0: Are they better than the Miami dolphins who, who right now you I'm putting, I'm putting you down like who mm-hmm. pinning you down. You got to make a pick. What, what is the order of the AFC East finish bills, dolphins, jets, Patriots. So Dolphins still ahead of the Jets, but Jets still make the playoffs. What, seven seed, right? Dolphins get six or five seed because, you know, those are the three wild cards. Okay. My, I mean, but it all,
1: it all hinges on Tua. And that's actually right. another layer to the schedule conversation that we did not have. Like, there's something to be said about not having to go to Miami 100%. when it's really hot outside. There's yep. also something to be said about Tua, who has become somebody who is – Injury prone feels a little bit unfair because it's very circumstantial, but what are the odds that Tua makes it to that point in the season? That's the biggest question about that team. And now you're getting them the last week of the season. Who knows if he's going to be available at that point in the season. I think if Tua is healthy, the Dolphins are a better team than the Jets. If Tua is not healthy or misses a significant amount of time, then that flips and the Jets
0: are the better team than the Dolphins. All right. So let's do this. You have, you have, the Bills and mm-hmm. the Dolphins over the Jets. You said the Jets are probably about the sixers, the six best team. Let's see and say in the AFC. We're both, we're gonna agree the Chiefs are ahead of them, right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna agree the Bengals are ahead of them. Yes or no? Yes. Okay, that's four. What other team is ahead of the Jets, Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, Dolphins? As fully healthy, I'll say that. All right, J- Jags. Okay, Jags. You put yes. Jags ahead of the, and I'll say this. I don't know if the Jaguars are better than the Jets. They'll have a better record than the Jets though, because oh, yeah. they play in a really bad division. Mm-hmm. So they should finish ahead of them. They should hit a better seed. Cause I don't think the Jets are going to beat the bills out for the AFC East. So I'll go with that. What else are we thinking? What about in the North? You have the Ravens, the, r- the Ravens, you like the Ravens that much. You think the right now you think the Ravens are better than the Jets? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Is that crazy? I don't think it's crazy. I think it's very debatable. Um, I don't know. I still wonder how it's all going to work. They finally, they do have Lamar back obviously, but they, they're loading up on wide receivers. Um, new offensive coordinator. I don't know. I Their defense was not that good last year, to be quite honest with you. Like The, the Ravens? Jets defense is really good obviously, right? Yeah. I think is. that's a good fight. I think that's a really good um, like com- comparison there, the two. I don't really know what to expect. I'm going to give the nod to the Jets right now because I don't know what the Ravens are. I don't know about Lamar. He's had some health issues as well mm-hmm. last few years. So I'm gonna give the nod to the to the Jets in that one.
1: Um I, I go, go I go whenever there's a close debate, right? Whenever yeah. there's two teams that I think you're close on, I always just go nod to the better quarterback. That's how I've always approached this. And I even though Aaron Rodgers won back to back MVPs a few years ago, mm-hmm. I think Lamar at this point in his career is a more dynamic player and quarterback than Aaron Rodgers is. And that's the same thing. Honestly, that's a little bit of a conversation. For the bills and for the dolphins because i think top to bottom if you take all 53 guys that are going to make their rosters yep. the dolphins might have a better full roster than the bills do but the bills have the best player and that's josh allen so that's why i think it's pretty close between those two teams but i give the nod to the bills there because they've got the best player at the most important
0: position that's a really interesting way you put that um i'm gonna push back and say this i don't i don't I don't think it's a crazy thought by you by any stretch. I think the dolphins might have an overall better starting 22. I think the bills have a better roster. I think they have more depth. If you you have, that's fair. The dolphins have a couple injuries on offense or defense. that are top players. I don't know how they replace them. I think the bills have a better shot to replace their guys.
1: That's fair. I think when I think of it, I'm probably immediately going to give me your starting 11 on offense. Your starting 11 on defense. If you take the entire roster into account, the bills have one of the best rosters in the NFL because it's very, very deep really across the board. So maybe that's not fair for me to say but i think if you're just counting those starters so the top 22 guys or whatever it is like then maybe it's a little bit closer than
0: bill's fans would like to think it is now that the draft and the free agency period is pretty much settled and teams Mm -hmm. are getting into otas and things like that anything from the afc south anyone that can challenge the jags i don't see it no i think the jags are going to be good like i think Here's I don't the rest know. If of the division's is, not going to be.
1: I don't know if this is even a hot take. I think the Jags could end up as the one seed in the entire AFC because totally of reason. their because totally. of their division. And do you know who they're cross. You know who they're playing the other divisions this year. Uh, NFC South, I believe, right? Yes, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Like you're gonna get basically ten wins, just like kind of handed to you. It, it, you know, you'll probably drop a game or two here, but just don't screw it up, right? If the Jags beat the Bills in London, like they are legitimately a contender to be the one seed. They are regardless, but assuming the bills are one of the other teams that are in the mix there, that game could have big time playoff implications because you know, the Jags are going to do great in their division. I mean, the worst case for the Jags in their division is probably four and two. So you got four wins right there. You're probably getting three wins in the NFC South. And then you've got, if you're talking about the bills game, talking about like a baseline of eight wins, And that's assuming you
0: lose a couple games you shouldn't lose. How about the West? Um, And by the way, I agree with you about the Jags. Everything you said is completely right. And plus, the rest of the division just isn't that good. I don't know what to expect from the Colts with a rookie quarterback and the Texans probably with a rookie quarterback. And who else is in there? Um, The Colts, the Texans, the Titans, right? And they're resetting. I mean, they could be tanking, basically. Um, West, you know, this was the division last year that everyone – oh, my God, the Chiefs are going to be – contending now with the Raiders and what they're doing and the Broncos and what they're doing. Look at the charge with Herbert and they all kind of fell on their face. What about this year? Do we see anybody? Do you see anybody actually rising up and challenging the chiefs in the West?
1: No, I don't see anybody challenging the chiefs in the West. I think the chargers could be a playoff team, but I don't think that they're going to be to the caliber that the chiefs are. They always give them a tough game. And Herbert's really good. So that's the other thing. It's like if Herbert has a good game and Mahomes doesn't have a good game, then that can be a a one spot where maybe they beat him once in the season or something. Mm -hmm. But I still think the Chiefs are far and away the best team in the division. And until somebody proves us otherwise, the best team in the entire NFL. Because what they have done for this last five years with Mahomes has been really, really remarkable.
0: You know, each team I have something different on, which is the Raiders – their defense is just bad. They're I mean, they, they just—they're gonna—they're gonna allow a lot mm-hmm. of points this year, and maybe they'll be able to move the ball and score some points. It won't matter. I don't even know if that's the case. So, I—they'll I probably the la- last in the division because the Broncos actually have talent. It just doesn't seem like they know what they want to do, right? Are they trading this guy? Are they trading that guy? What are they doing? Yeah. It feels like they're in transition and they have talent, but they're—they. I feel like Sean Payton trying to get his guys in, and he hasn't done that yet, or ship his guys, like non guys out. And I, I just feel like they're in transition, but they could be a decent team because they have some talent on the roster. And then, and then you have the chargers who I agree with you, but for me, it's like every single year, I say this about the chargers and every single year, they don't perform the way that I think they're going to perform.
1: Yeah. They missed their opportunity to hire Dable a year early before they hired, you know, before he goes hired by the giants. And I think that they would have turned things around a little bit sooner. If he was their head coach, the Chargers are one of those teams, tons of talent, with their guys who start on offense and on defense, not a lot of depth. And when the injuries happen, that's when they really start to struggle. I mean, struggle is relative. They made the playoffs last year, but then they blew, what was it, 27 nothing? Was that the score of the game that they lost to the Jags? I think it was
0: uh, 24, maybe. But yeah, some, it was close, some, yes.
1: something like that. I, I think they're a good team. I think they're a playoff team. And I think they're, well, I think they're right on the fringe of being a playoff team. They're one of those teams that's going to be fighting at the end of the season, which makes that Bills game that much more interesting, because at that point, both teams are going to be playing for something. The Chargers are going to be playing for their playoff lives. Who knows? Maybe the Bills are going to be at the same time or the Bills are going to be playing for the one seed at that point. So that's that's a really big game. And, you know, I would imagine the Bills are favored, but it's not going to be by a lot.
0: I am looking it up. It was was it twenty seven nothing? I might have meant. I'm going to look that up real quick just to make sure because you probably were. Right I think it, I think
1: that. it was because yeah. I think in the schedule release video that they put out, yeah. their first scene alluded to the twenty seven nothing blown like lead that they uh, had. By the way, their which, schedule
0: video was pretty amazing. It was
1: amazing. Which also, like, shout out to people like in that situation for being self aware to like be able to poke yeah. a little bit of fun at yourselves because you need to be able uh-huh. to do that.
0: Um. Yeah, I'm trying to look right now. 31-30 was the final score. 20. I think it was 27. I don't have the box score in front of me. Either way, I want to ask yeah. you this. Um, here's the other part. Uh, the North. Let's go to the North. Yeah. Who Let's finishes who- ahead? Steelers or Browns? Well, isn't it the
1: Steelers have finished ahead of the Browns for like a bajillion years since, in a 1989. Row or something? since 1989. Since
0: 1989. Before you were born, pal.
1: Yeah, before I was born. Um, That's a tough one I because I don't know what Deshaun Watson is as a football player anymore. I don't know if Deshaun Watson is the guy who made the incredible play against the Bills in the playoffs back in twenty twenty the start of the 2020 calendar year. Or if he is the guy who we saw last year who just looked rusty and not even close to worth the contract that he was given. So I don't know. I think it comes down to that. I think Kenny Pickett's an interesting one. I like Kenny Pickett. I don't know if I think Kenny Pickett's going to to ever be like, you know, the absolute franchise stud top five quarterback in the NFL. But I think he's somebody who you can win games with, especially with Mike Tomlin, because they just go more than 500 every single year. So right now I would say the Steelers are going to finish. I, I would go Bengals, then a decent gap Ravens, then an even bigger gap Steelers Browns.
0: Yeah, I'm high on the Steelers this year. I think they had a really good offseason. They had a very good draft. I think they had a really, they had, they made some really nice signings under the radar signings that'll help them. And Kenny Pickett was excellent down the stretch last year. He was very good, didn't turn the ball over. I agree mm-hmm. with you. He won't be in the upper level of AFC quarterbacks, but I think he's, he's going to be maybe in that second tier and winning games. And you're right. Mike Tomlin rolls out of bed and wins nine games at least every year. Are we confident the Browns can do that? I'm not really sure. So I'm going to take the Steelers as well in that division and keep the streak continuing to finish ahead. And I think the gap is not that significant between them and the Ravens. They're going to be fighting for second place in that division with the Ravens. As of right now, I'll put the Browns last, but man, I could see the Browns winning enough games to challenge for a playoff spot and finish second. They do have talent on their roster. Finally, last AFC question for you. Yeah. What's the Patriots record at the end of the day? Ooh, that's an interesting
1: question. Um, I'll say
0: seven and 10. Ooh, wow. Okay.
1: Is that too is that too much? They do have
0: the they do have, according to Warren Sharp, who does a lot of the analytics stuff with the schedule and power rankings and and according to last year's, you know, win percentage all mm-hmm. meshed in, they have like the hardest schedule in the league. The Bills are right up there, by the way. All the AFC East teams do because they play each other, plus yeah. the crossover teams they play, but they, they have a tough schedule overall, the, the Patriots do.
1: I feel like this Patriots team. Is a little bit like this is going to be a bit of a stretch for a comparison, but take like the names out of it, take like the dynasty of the Patriots and the drought of the Bills out of it. I feel like this team reminds me of a Bills team from those years where mm-hmm. they're just kind of meh. Like the defense is pretty good and good enough to win them a couple games that they shouldn't win. The offense has potential but isn't nearly as consistent enough as it needs to be. It feels like a very middle of the road team, which is what we saw from the bills for like all of the late two thousands and all of the early 2010s. Like, you know, there's obviously a couple really good players hidden in there that probably don't get enough praise around the country or even in the division. But I, I just don't see it's weird though, because last year, I believe they were playing for a playoff spot in their last game of the season against the Bills, right? Like, they still had a chance to make the playoffs. The year before that, they made the playoffs. So they're really not that far removed from, like, being in the conversation. I just think all the other teams that they're competing with made big strides. The Bills are still the Bills. The Dolphins made a big step this year. I think the biggest addition for the Dolphins is Vic Fangio as their defensive yeah. coordinator. It's not even Jalen Ramsey; it's Vic Fangio. Right. And then the Jets obviously add Aaron Rodgers. The Dolphins are just kind of sitting there, and they're like, "Well, we signed Juju." It's like, "Okay, cool. You've got another like pretty good wide receiver."
0: Yeah, I um, I, I think much like Tomlin, I think Belichick's will Belichick himself will be good enough to to elevate them and win games their quarterback is not nearly what a lot of other teams quarterbacks are obviously in the conference. He's okay. Um, they'll scheme themselves up. They'll win some games. They'll be around 500. I'll give them more credit than what you are. They'll probably, to me go nine and eight, maybe something like that. a Typical Patriots year right now. And then there's more talk about how long is Belichick going to stick around and craft willing to deal with this, not making the playoffs eight and nine, nine and eight Belichick trying for the, um, the record, you know, to beat John Shula's all time winning record. I think the Patriots
1: over under, by the way, is seven and a half wins on the season. That is there right now. If you were betting, I think I would go over,
0: but, but not by much. I think they win eight or
1: nine is what I'm saying. Okay. For what it's worth, the bills is 10 and a half. I'm assuming people probably know that if they're big bills fans, but it's 10 and a half on the season for their over under on wins.
0: Okay. So Bill Belichick has to win. I think I'm going to try and get it right here. I think he has to go win 18 games. Here he is. He's uh, two I'm sorry. He's 30 wins behind Don Shula total.
1: Okay. He's going to get that. He's going to, he's going to How long are course. they
0: willing to wait for that though? 30. He's got to go at least three years.
1: I was going to say, already, he's going he's he's to go four more years. 70s. I, I, you don't think he's going to coach for, you would, you would bet that he retires in the next no, four years. No, no,
0: no, 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 no. I didn't say anything about retiring. There's already rumors that Robert Kraft has to make decisions about moving on soon. If they don't win, he wants to win. Hmm. I, just I think Belichick that. wants it. Absolutely. Bill Belichick wants that record. Does Robert Kraft want to let him just coach and not win playoff games?
1: How much of it is him? I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not in the loop enough in new England to know. I, I just have a hard time thinking that who's arguably the best coach in NFL history forgot how to coach. I think he's probably not. he probably should not be the general manager and the coach. Like he's been doing like, you should probably
0: actually hire a general manager and And maybe he, and and who knows if that's a sticking point, maybe that's part of, Hey, if I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to coach either. I don't know. Which is not like maybe Belichick says, right? Yeah. Hey, look, I I don't want a general manager. Like I got to pick the players. I'm going to coach. I'm in my seventies. I'm this accomplished coach. I think there's really something there that could come to a head here. I just think that like, if you were in your seventies
1: and you had the resume that he had, why would you not want something off of your plate? Like I, 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 people are wired different ways. And that's probably why he has accomplished so much in his life and in his football career. But I just think that that would let you focus more on being actually the coach of a team, as opposed to trying to figure out contracts and how much money you're going to sign your, you know, practice squad quarterback for like all these ridiculous things that a general manager has to deal with. I'm sure he's got people who do a lot of that stuff for him, but I don't know to have the final say on the roster and all the coaching decisions. Seems like a lot at that point, at that point, we're talking about it being a lot for McDermott to call the plays defensively and still be the head coach. And this dude's in his seventies and he's the GM and the head coach.
0: It's it's, it is wild. I'm just telling you, I know that there was a lot of talk in new England and, you, you you take a look around. It's a great question. Like, how long is Robert Kraft willing to let Bill Belichick coach if they're not going to have success? And I think this year will be another litmus test for that because I don't think we both are in agreement. They're not going to be that good. I'm a, I'm giving a little more credit than you are, but I don't even think they're going to. You know, I don't think they'll make the playoffs either. All right. They they ever have you on a uh, WEEI? That's the station oh, yeah. out in Boston, right? Sure. Yeah, that's our that's our Odyssey sister station out there. Yeah. And I went on with um, Tom Curran of. NBC sports, Boston. Yes. He's at got the, the owner's podcast. meetings. Okay. And I'm telling you, like, he's all into this. Like, he's like, yeah, that's is. he said, it reminds him of the Brady ending. That's what he said right now.
1: You know what I did? Um, I'm not too, I'm not too proud to not admit this after the Bruins lost. I was listening to W E I cause I wanted, yeah. to, I wanted to hear the world burn. Yeah, and me too. I, I, love it.
0: I, I was, I was really enjoying that. All right, um, let's get to some questions. We have some questions that came our way. You threw it out on Twitter. I threw it out on Twitter. Let's do that. And and, and our first question, Matt, actually comes from our producer, Lucas Buckley, who does a great job, actually, producing this show, audio, video. Lucas, if you want to chime in, explain your question here. What exactly is your question you want to know from Matt and I about the Buffalo Bills? I thought it was very interesting about your wide receivers and things like that. No, just in general, like the the, the Chiefs had guys um like, like Marcus Kemp, I believe his name is, like their their fourth receiver, and Noah Gray playing uh down the stretch in the okay. in the fourth quarter of the AFC championship game. And it just seems like there's this hesitancy with the Bills to play uh their younger guys like Khalil Shakir. Yeah. And we keep seeing uh Jake Kumro, Tanner Gentry pop up. They signed John Brown, uh Cole Beasley uh for the playoff run. So I, I feel like there's this hesitancy to uh play their right. younger guys. And I was wondering what you guys saw about that. Well, first of all, thank you. That was actually not Lucas Buckley. That was Ed Sheeran, in case you didn't know. This, right? <laughs> yeah. asking us a question. What do you think, I Matt? Think, like, you've, I've, you've talked about this. I think that's one of the things that McDermott could be
1: criticized for. I think that at times they lean a little bit too much into experience as opposed to maybe just raw talent or the unknown, which could be a lot of things. But I think back to, you know, he brought, Lucas brought up Khalil Shakir, which I think is a relevant person to bring up. Mm-hmm. But then I go to, how about Kyrie Elam? I mean, the guy was yeah. a first round pick. And at times they were still playing Dane Jackson instead of him. And it's not like Dane Jackson was playing lights out football. It was just like, well, we know that he's fine, but maybe he's not a game changer. Well, I think if you're drafting somebody in the first round, you have to ride the wave of the ups and downs and play the guy who you're going, who's going to play a big role for you for years to come. Even the same thing about James Cook, like James Cook at the end of last year, I had never felt last season like James Cook was their primary running back or was like the guy who was going to get the carries on the biggest stage. I still thought it was Singletary, which is interesting because you spent a premium asset on James Cook. So I think it always takes them usually, at least recently, a little bit too long to get to the point where they kind of give the keys to the car to those young guys. They didn't at the beginning, but they didn't have as deep of a roster. So they had to like, you know, you think back to like the 2019 season and the 2018 season, like those guys got on the field right away. Cause they had to, now they don't have to. And I just feel like that almost stunts the growth
0: in the potential of those rookies for a little bit longer than it needs to. Interesting. I I went and looked at the um, Bills reception share from last year and believe it or not, the Bills, their top four receivers, as far as receptions, if you just go by that, three of of guys, I'm not going to say receivers, top four guys catching passes, three of them are wide receivers. For the Chiefs, it's only two of them. Their number one was a tight end, Chris Kelsey, and then Juju was number two, and then a running back, Jarek McKinnon, and then their number four guy had 42 catches. Mm-hmm. Do you know, and that was Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 42 yeah. catches. He's number four on their list last year. Mm-hmm. 42 catches. Do you know who the Bills' number four on their list was last year and how many catches he had? Okay,
1: Um. well, Diggs, yep. Davis. Yep. I don't even know if Knox or McKenzie. Knox, more. Knox would be three.
0: So, McKenzie? And 42, exactly the same number. Okay, interesting. So, if you I, go their top four pass catchers, the Bills mm-hmm. and Chiefs, the number four guy had exactly the same amount of receptions last year.
1: Interesting. That is surprising. I would have thought that there would have been a bigger disparity there and that the Bills, like after Gabe, did just not have production. I think that was one of the sneaky things about the offseason, though, at least offensively. Like, I think Hardy is around that number. I think Shurfield, though, though does more than any of the guys that were behind McKenzie. Like, he's utilized way more often than any of the other players the Bills had on their roster last year. That That's just my take on it.
0: Uh, I, I think it's interesting and you could go even further down the list. And I don't, I, I think it's a great question by Lucas. That's why we wanted to use it today. Do you have any other questions you've been looking at? If not, I can give you.
1: Oh, I've got, I've got tons of them. There were some oh. really good questions. Ooh, how about this one re- just
0: came in? This one just came in. You see this Eric Wood asking us who's going to win the PGA. Okay. Eric, let's. Eric Wood right there. PGA, I got the ball. I bought Max that ball right there behind me when I went out to the PGA. On
1: do you have, do you have a person you think is going to win? Cause I've got a couple who I like this week. So
0: I know, I mean, is this going to be, it, it, it's so easy. It's like, it's like low hanging fruit here probably, but I mean, it is Rory's home course kind of right. He's playing yeah. this and you know, so I think he has a great shot to win this. Otherwise, I don't know. I, I go with the, I go with the names, the guys, you know, Jordan speed, yeah. Justin Thomas, guys like that. But generally at this course, that is not what happens.
1: I like Finau okay. a lot this week because okay. I like his, how his game kind of matches to the course at Oak Hill. You've got to hit it long and you got to hit it straight. Okay. And you know, I, I think Finau's game fits O'Kill Well, I like some of the live guys. Like I think Kepka could have a big week and mm. I think he could contend for this title. Um, John. Rahm? I, I like John Rom because I think it's hard not to, it's hard not to like any of those top guys. Like if John Rom or Justin Thomas or Rory or, you know, any of those guys at the top of the world's golf rankings, Scotty Scheffler. if any of them win, it should not be a surprise but I think it's a little bit more of the like deeper cut. And Tony Finau is not a deep cut at all. He's that next wave of like, okay, here's your five favorites. And then he's the next person right there. I will say though, for the sake of the PGA championship and for the sake of Oak Hill, they need a name to win this yep. tournament. They need somebody who's recognizable and notable and has that recognition for the sake of the kind of future of the tournament coming back to Rochester and for just the history of the game at Oak Hill. because Sean McKeel, Hit an amazing, incredible shot. Most people would have no idea that Sean McKeel won the 2003 PGA. You know who won the 2013? Mm, It was also a lesser-known name. I know that. Yes, exactly. Jason Duffner won it in 2013. Yeah,
0: Jason Duffner, he had had a little run, though.
1: He had a little run, but not nearly to the level of the guys that we're talking about. So, you know what would be cool, though? I think the coolest thing, besides Rory winning, the coolest thing would be Spieth. Because Spieth could finish the career Grand Slam. He's been wow. trying to get the last one for a long time. He does not yeah. have a PGA. So it would be really cool to kind of be there for that. And that also brings us to another couple PGA questions. Go a few ahead. people have asked, like, would you rather watch the PGA on Sunday from your couch or from the golf course? And it's a really weird, interesting question. Do
0: you have an answer to it? Because I do. I'll be there Sunday. You'll be there Sunday, right? Yes. Are they talking about the final ground? Sunday. So I'm going to say,
1: you could just say in general, like Thursday through Sunday, would you rather be at the course or would you rather
0: be at home? I think I'd rather be at home in general. I think the fact that it's here in my backyard, I need to be there. I want to be there. My wife and son are going up on Sunday. We have tickets for them. Like I'm excited for that. So I'm going to say that, but in general, I think watching it from home, I don't know I here. You know what? This is not a good question because I have yet to do this. I did go to a golf tournament once with Brian Cozio yeah. when, when Andre Reid was inducted into the Hall of Fame. We went to the Firestone, I think it was, uh, yeah. over in in Ohio. So I guess wait till this week's over, and I'll give you my better answer. I'll say this. Unless you plan
1: on camping out, you're not going to have a great view of the right. final groups and of the ending. You're just not. Like I remember in right. 2013, I was there with my dad, and we were watching Jason Duffner win, and I was like 300 yards away. So you're barely... Yeah. Excuse me. You're barely seeing it. So from that standpoint, you're going to see way more on television. Yeah. But a major championship only comes to Buffalo, Western New York. Not Buffalo comes to Rochester once every 10 years. If that there's not even we don't even know if it's going to come back in 2023 or 2033. So in that setting, I would rather be there because it's an experience. And a couple other PGA questions. Some people just wanted to know, like, where should you go? Now, I've been in 2003 and 2013 as a fan. And I was also there earlier in the week to just kind of scope things out and do a little bit of work on Monday. My favorite spots are I like the area in between 6 and 7. Okay. Because you can see the green on 6, and then you can see the guys tee off on 7. And then you can just kind of shoot across the fairway, and then you could see them come up on 8 and 9. So in that little area, you're relatively close to kind of like the store and the main fan area, so that's nice. And then 13 is the iconic hole. And there's tons of space on 13. You have to sit on top of the hill. There's not a grandstand there. But if you bring a chair, you can kind of just post up on top of the hill. So back in 2013, what I did with my dad was we just put our chairs there at like 150 yards so we could see approach shots and we could still see the green. So that was kind of cool. So I, I like that vantage point as well, if you're somebody
0: who's planning on going out to the tournament.
1: And sorry if we're boring you with golf talk, but a lot of people were asking us. No, about that's golf.
0: okay. Actually, there were a lot of um, there were a lot of really good golf questions. Um, I got a lot. See. I got a lot more. Unless you want to jump to any you of them go that right are standing ahead. out you, you, to you. You go ahead. What do you got?
1: Um, well, this one's from Scott. Do you think the Bills need to add another veteran defensive end? And he specifically mentions Yannick and
0: Clowney. Well, I'm glad that the question was asked. I'm glad you picked that one because I do want to touch on it. We haven't yet. The fact that the Bills did sign three guys who went to rookie minicamp on tryouts. One of them was a veteran, Shane Ray, a defensive end, an edge rusher, former first-round pick of the Denver Broncos eight years ago. And he's been in Toronto playing with the Argonauts. He's had some injuries. And I think they're searching for that guy. Maybe that's that guy. I I would like to see an addition at defensive end because we don't know about Von Miller's status mm-hmm. to start the season. So yes, I, I'm all, I'm all for that. Go get Frank Clark, go get Yannick and Gakwe. but I don't know how much those guys cost either. I mean, obviously that's going to be the determining factor. Even if the bills are interested, they are at 88 roster spots right now. They have two open spots remaining for training camp. I got
1: one that's a little bit more unconventional. What about Justin Houston? Would you you go, because it's kind of like Vaughn, but at the same time, then it also bridges the gap to when
0: Vaughn comes back. I'm okay with it. I mean, there's there's no downside for any of these guys other than if you give them guaranteed money and it doesn't work out, which I think that's what the sticking point. I'm fine with any of these guys. Give me, uh, yes, to answer the question, give me another veteran defensive end just as insurance to have another piece through training camp, wait to see where Vaughn is, and then figure it out from there.
1: My issue is I think they should, I don't think they will, because I think they're like kick at the can with somebody who still has game, but, you know, didn't get as much money on the open market as they thought that they would is Puna Ford. So when they did that, to me, that was almost like them putting a bow on their entire offseason. And like, yeah, they signed the guys who they invited to their camp the other day, but those Like Shane Ray is a name, not because of what he's done recently, but because of what
0: he was, where he was drafted back in 2015. He's literally a lottery ticket, right? I mean, it's like, can Uh, can this guy capture what he was and stay healthy? And Mm -hmm. wow, if that's the case, otherwise he's not making
1: it. I think I saw his last
0: full season. He had eight sacks. Yeah. I mean,
1: like we, we was a long time ago
0: though. I had Dave Naylor on WGR who, you know, Dave from the media room. He he covers the, yeah. From Toronto TSN. And he, he followed and covered Shane Mm -hmm. Ray in Toronto and said, when he played, he was really good, but he didn't play a lot. He was injured. And that's been the, the story of his career. All right. This one's from
1: Jack. This is more of a preference. I don't think either of us has anything that we can tangibly say, but he wants to know when are the bills going to add a different Jersey or uniform combo?
0: Cause okay. it has been several years since they have changed anything. So okay. My, I'm going to my... search and answer here. Why don't you talk about it? Because I have a kind of an answer to this question.
1: So. Also, when you say it says in the question, it has been several years since they have changed anything. Technically, that is not true because multiple a couple years ago, they actually switched from the gray face masks to the all white face masks. They were only wearing those once a year before that, and then they switched. So now, you know, people have called them like Stormtrooper helmets. But now, regardless of the helmet that they're wearing, they have the all white face mask. I think it's a really clean look. I just like how that looks. I think the thing that most people are probably waiting for is the red helmet. Like, are they going to adopt a red helmet? Are they going to wear it once a year? How are they going to get that into the
0: rotation? And I do not know the answer to that. Okay. So this is a good question because in August of last year, I spoke with Bill's COO, Ron Rakuya about this. Okay. Gave me some information on how the league works. Listen to this, Matt. He said, remember when Josh came out in the red helmet last year oh, for the, yeah. the practice oh, yeah. game? Oh, this is yeah. how I this remember. conversation came about. Mm-hmm. Okay, He said, "Allen, this is last year now, won't wear the helmet in 2022 because the league only allows an alternate helmet with either a throwback uni or a color rush alternate uni. The Bills can't wear a red helmet with the throwbacks because the throwbacks use the standing Buffalo yes. while the red one Josh had on and the charging Buffalo. You can't match it. You can't, it's got to be a match. Their color rush unis are all red, so you can't use it with those because an all red to hoe, all red head to toe is not the Bills' preferred look. Yeah. So he said the Bills will either wait until the NFL changes policy and allows an alternate helmet with regular home away uniforms, or wait to unveil a new alternate uniform themselves. Maybe there's some policy change this year, but that's why you didn't see it last year. I do think it's got to be coming on the horizon at some point.
1: Yeah. You know what we'll do is I actually talked to Ron Rakuya at the PGA Championship earlier in the week about a little bit of a stadium update, and he said he'll try and join the podcast at some point to talk about the stadium and just kind of like all of the stuff that's going into it and tickets and all that stuff. So we'll ask him when we talk to him, and we'll try and get that set up for everybody.
0: Yeah, that'd be a great question. What else you got?
1: All right. This is a good one. Why isn't Eric Moulds on the Bills' Wall of Fame? I have no idea, but he should be. He okay. absolutely should be.
0: I don't know specifically why. I will tell you, though, they've kind of slowed that down the last they, few years. They have. And, I, and I Part almost, of the reason I think they've slowed it down is with the new stadium coming, I think there's going to be some changes in how all this operates. and The Wall of Fame, Hall of Fame outside, uh-huh. make makes some decisions on OJ maybe. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. don't know, but yeah. I think it's been, it's been slowed down lately. Yeah, I almost – anticipate that we're not
1: going to see anybody new added to the wall of fame until the new stadium happens. And then even in that situation, I don't know what the wall of fame looks like. If it's just like one area where all their names are, or if they do another ring around the stadium, like my guess is that's not the case. My guess is they have an area Almost like like the old Yankee Stadium where you've got like all of your like recognizable people and you can go and there's probably some like exhibits and stuff there. And then you that's pretty much it. And that's they call it a day. That
0: that's just my guess though. All right. My last one for you. Okay. Give me your uh Stanley Cup final and who wins?
1: Well, I think it's going to be Vegas against Carolina. And I think Vegas wins. Now Mm -hmm. I know Sabres fans are going to Buffalo sports fans are just that's my least
0: preferred final, by the way. I
1: told, I told you on the radio yesterday, I'm rooting at this point for the stars. Like Mm -hmm. I like that team. I know it's the stars and I know what happened with no goal, but I, of the teams left, that's who I would be. I don't want to say happy if they won,
0: but that's who would be the most tolerable for me. I it's not because of 99. It's just, it's Dallas. It's the Dallas stars. It's I don't know. I mean, (sighs) 99 is a little play in there for me, but Can't root for them, but I definitely would rather have them than Vegas because I don't want to see that. I don't want to see Jack Eichel skating around with the cup like I did Ryan O'Reilly, especially winning the Conn Smythe. Um, I'm on, I don't, I do not like the Carolina Hurricanes after everything back in the 05, 06, 07. Um, I'm on Florida right now. I'm fine with Sam Reinhart winning it. That's cool. Uh, I like their team. I don't love Miami winning a championship. I'll tell you that. But as far as the team, where they came from, what they did, the eighth seed getting in and playing and getting hot and they have some Uh nice personalities. I love Kachuk. I think he's amazing. I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah. I think uh, this is completely just a a different sidebar here, but besides like Connor McDavid and like David Pasternak, like the really, really big superstars in the NHL. I think if you could take any player in the league and put them on the Sabres, Kachuk would be the answer. Because I think he brings so much to any team that he's on from just like the way he plays, the way he gets under people's skin, but he's also still a lethal offensive producer. And that's one of the reasons why they're so good. I mean, shout out to them though, for having a really established star player and still not being content
0: and going out and getting Kachuk, like respect to them for that. By the way, that almost allegedly happened him in Buffalo. That was rumored to be happening with the Eichel trade. Yeah. But Kachuk said he wasn't going to sign a long-term contract. So the Sabres couldn't do it. That's allegedly what went down.
1: Yeah. I think that there was some water poured on those flames though. Okay. <laughs> Actually pun intended. Cause it was okay, coming I from the you. flames. Yeah. That was Very not nice. meant to be. Me. Um, I, I don't know if how legit that was because okay. I, it just never really felt like when it happened, it was a no brainer. If it was like, Oh my gosh, you could get Kachuk, Like you would do that in a heartbeat. And I will say a couple of years removed from all of this. It feels like every team won all of these deals. Vegas has to love the situation that they're in. I mean, they're one of the final four teams and Eichel is playing great. The Sabres love having tuck and having Krebs and having that pick. And then the same thing with Florida, like Reinhardt's played really important games for them, but you got Kulik and you got Levi. Like you
0: would, you would make that trade again today if you could. So I think both teams in both trades, won. Thanks for watching, listening. However you consume us. We always appreciate it. iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey app. We have the video available, YouTube, at Sal Sports on YouTube. Thank you very much to our producer, Lucas Buckley, even making a cameo appearance here on the air. Good job, um, Lucas. Always game day. Thank you very much, Lucas. We appreciate that. Enjoy the PGA Championship, everybody, whether you're going or not. Matt and I will be back talking more about the Buffalo Bills as OTAs start rolling out. We got OTAs next week, Matt, so I know I'm going to see you down there. We'll yep. be covering that. Got mi- uh, mandatory minicamp in the middle of June, so there's always something to talk about here, and it's always game day in Buffalo.